You're listening to the Stephen Knight Talk Show on EOTM Radio. You're listening now. You're listening to the Stephen Knight Talk Show on EOTM Radio. The Stephen Knight Show, Monday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, only on EOTMRadio.com. Good evening and welcome to the Stephen Knight Show here on EOTM Radio. I want to thank you, as always, for joining us tonight. We'll be discussing the latest in entertainment news, sports, fashion, and movie reviews. Now, tonight we welcome a guest panel of men to help us answer the age-old question, what do men really want from women when it comes to relationships? Then later we're joined by Cheryl Kohlberg, who chronicled her family's brave attempt to wean themselves from technology in her newly released memoir, A Year Unplugged, A Family's Life Without Technology. As always, once you call the question and comment, the number is 718 718- Six six four six five four three. Again, that's seven one eight six six four six five four three. You can also join us in chat. There's a link on our Facebook. Now, I want to remind you, we're all over social media: Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus, Instagram, and the official uh, website, StephenKnightShow.com. And connect with us. Let us know your ideas. Let us know, know what you have going on. What you think we should be doing? We definitely love to hear from you. Now, I'm very proud uh, that Adam. You know, he's been on his Month sabbatical, he's actually back, so we'll be talking to him later and see some of the places he traveled and things he saw. But, uh, Miss Parker, how are you doing? I am doing good. I'm actually trying to get home in this tsunami we're having. Oh, yes. It's <laughs> you know, horrible. it's raining crazy out here. It's pouring down, trying to get home. Um, I know that it's supposed to be raining until, like, Sunday um, of this week, so please be careful on the right. road, guys. Be courteous to each other. It's not that important wherever you have to be. Slow down. Exactly. Um, exactly. And just be careful on the road. But yeah, it is a mess. So I'm trying to get home. I had a meeting today. Uh, it's been a it's been a long day, but a good day. Mm-hmm. Had a meeting yeah. after work today um, with my um, life coach, the, the spiritual group that I am associated with. Um, mm-hmm. And it was really interesting. Is um, they have this. Um, uh, idea or um, process, I'm not, I'm not sure what to call it, but uh, uh, it's called the COI, where you get in a group of seven people, and um, mm-hmm. that group is kind of like the group that you um, speak to about your, intimate with them, speak to them about your fears, and just kind of getting advice from people on a more intimate and spiritual level. So it was interesting and really good, really good. So, um, awesome. But I'm, awesome. I'm heading home now. How was your okay. day? My day was a long day, but it was a good day. Um, I started a new 12-week uh, uh, fitness um, program. So today was day one. And <laughs> you I always started that. some program. <laughs> I am, I am, because I think you always have to keep tracking your body. And, um, you know, for me it's all about, it's really about the, you know, we talk about diet. And, uh, you know, especially for men, it, it, it's finding the fine line of, Knowing when to eat, what to eat, when to eat. So I was doing some research today, and uh, this trainer I was, I was found on YouTube. He was saying his philosophy. You know, there's a million of them, depending on who, excuse me, who you talk to. But he was saying that on days that you're really going hard with weights, say you should eat carbs. Um, he says three times a day. I'm only do two. But he says in the morning, 
he says four hours before you work out. So you're kind of like in fast mode by the time you get to the gym, and then post your workout, that's where you get some carbs in there. You obviously you don't sleep on them. So we're going to see. Mm-hmm. If, it, if it does reverse, if it does reverse, we man. You know, so what, what are your goals? My, really, it's just, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing well with my fitness. It's really just kind of cut back on some of the body fat and continue just to uh, bulk up a little bit. It's kind of shred and bulk at the same time. So that's what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's pretty cool, though. It was a great workout, really good workout. How was your weekend? Good. My weekend was no, good. Um, I've been struggling with a bit of um, allergies, which I never really yeah. – um, even if I've had allergies in the past, it never affected me um, to this extent. So um, this year is hitting me pretty pretty bad. I woke up this morning. And, you know, usually on Monday I do a cleanse. I wasn't even able to do it this mm-hmm. morning, so I had to take some of drugs, and so I had to eat. Um, so I was able to get a workout in, but yeah, the allergies have been really bad. So I'm hoping the rain, you know, does help with, with some of the pollen. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, well, definitely, I, I tell you, the rain has kind of helped. I mean, you feel like you're choking all the time. You know what I mean? I know that's <laughs> definitely how it feels. It feels like your head is just stuffy, and um, it's just yeah, it's just all over. But I, I'm I, yeah. now I'm experiencing what everybody else talks about. <laughs> But I'll be right. okay. I think yeah. it's, it's a lot of it is mental too. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you and I hung out on Saturday. We tried to go get tattoos, and we were epic fail. <laughs> we were epic fail. <laughs> got there, and the place was nice. We got there, and uh, you know, one tattoo artist, and yeah, that was a problem. Yeah, right, exactly. yeah. So. On a Saturday, too. I'm thinking on a Saturday, right, right. That that upset mm-hmm. me a little bit. I was like, okay, why is it on a Saturday, and then it's only you? But um. Obviously, it wasn't meant to happen that day, so. Right, yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Well, I'm excited because oh, well. uh, Adam is back. Adam's been, Adam. Yay, Adam. Hey, guys, Next time, Adam, I want to go, okay? I want to go. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. You're invited. Uh, it was um, it was a trip of a lifetime. You ate all the good food. That was the part I was the most <laughs> jealous about. Eat all the good food, all the stuff that I would just tear up. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It was uh, definitely disappointing coming back here, and not like we have bad food here, but the food there is just on another level. And, Amazing um, and cheap, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah, I had great meals for four dollars. You know, you would you would Ooh. just uh, you come back here and you get a meal like that at least at least be fifteen dollars. So it was uh, yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, That's it was good. Great. Well, welcome back. We're happy to hear you. So happy back. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, thank you, thank you. Tell us some of the places you went. So I, I started the trip uh, in Australia for about three weeks, and I went to Sydney. Uh, saw like the Opera House. Went to the beaches. Uh, went to Melbourne. Um, you know, walked around there for a few days, and then I ended up at the. Uh, I went up to Cairns. Um, which is like a major drop-off point for the Great Barrier Reef. Now, unfortunately, I was not able to go to the Great Barrier Reef because they had a uh, hurricane, uh, well, they call them cyclones in Australia, but there was a cyclone off the coast that was far enough away that a lot of tours were canceled for the couple of days I was there. Um, So that was kind of a letdown, but that's okay. I went to the rainforest, kind of saw the sights there, and then uh, did a brief stopover in New Zealand, um, went to Auckland and then went to the Little Hobbiton where they filmed Lord of the Rings, the, the Shire. That was really cool. And then 
hopped on up to Singapore, visited a friend for a few days, went to Taiwan, and then Hong Kong. And then I decided, I guess it was about time to get back to work and stuff like that. So I decided to come Correct home. Your job. <laughs> yeah, how, yeah, long, did yeah, you, yeah, how yeah. long did you take off? You were gone for six I took, weeks? I guess I was gone for about five weeks. Okay. And they were really cool. No, they, they were great about it. They were like, you know, okay, uh, just let us know when you're coming back, and we'll have someone watch your accounts and, uh, you know, have fun. And so, wow. um, yeah, I made it back, and, you know, they were joking, like, oh, we didn't even know if you're actually coming back or not. And I was like, yeah, me neither. Actually. <laughs> but Because uh, it's, it's amazing I have a girlfriend who was in Australia now, been gone for, for – she's going to be gone for, like, two years. But let me ask you this. What what made you was that a kind of a, a spare of a moment trip or have you been planning it and, and, and tell somebody who would be interested in doing something like that like what what was your plan or if you had a plan? Well, I did have a plan to go somewhere and actually I ended I did Australia I went to Australia with my mom because um, she wanted to do a trip um, you know before she got too old and she has always wanted to go to Australia as a kid and I'm always up for travel wherever so. Um, you know, we made a plan to do that in March, um, and uh, last year, at the end of last year, we made the plan. And so I didn't know too much about Australia, um, but we knew we wanted to go. So I just kind of booked all the flights. I did the whole planning of everything. And, um, yeah, it's it's different. Australia, a lot of people don't realize it's the size of the United States. So it's a, it's a giant country. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of things you got to fly pretty much everywhere if you want to go visit all the main sites. Didn't go to the outback or anything like that, but they do speak English. Um, they're a little more expensive, surprisingly. You know, you can go get a bottle of water at the convenience store for about three dollars, or a coke for about three fifty. It's crazy how expensive it is in relative to everywhere else. But um, yeah, they're great people. They're laid back. You know. You don't hear much about Australia, so it's a pretty safe place relatively. You know, not a lot of things are going on um, danger-wise. The beaches are amazing. The people are really fun. So, oh, yeah, it's just it's kind of different because they're, you know, they all speak English, but uh, they're in their own world. And you definitely feel like they they, they watch news worldwide, but they're they're doing their own thing, and they don't mind that people, you know, kind of leave them alone. Okay. So and then Singapore, I ended up. So I had a few, I had a few friends in other cities. So that's why I ended up in Singapore, a recruiting friend of mine okay. that I used to work with. Uh, got a job out there. Uh, they all speak English there too, so that helps. Taiwan, I had a couple of other friends. They don't speak that much English there. So just as a heads up, if you're trying to go to Taiwan, uh, brush up on your Chinese. And then <laughs> Hong Kong was great. Uh, big metropolitan city that. Most people spoke English into, so I was fortunate in that respect. I'm here, Stephen. Are you there? Okay. Yes. Can you hear me? I, I think, think what was your favorite place to travel? Uh, overall, I think uh, Sydney was my favorite place. Um, that was a city that I went to, and it's it's like a New York. It's just it's alive. It's full of people day and night. Things are going on. It has a great subway system. Uh, and Sydney overall, every, everywhere else was great, but Sydney was a place that I was like I could live here for a few years and not have any problems uh, and be comfortable. So after that, though, Singapore was really nice. Hong Kong was really good too. 
Wow. Well, Jessica, welcome back. I know uh, it's going to take you a while to kind of get in the swing of things. How are you adjusting? Uh, it's, it's a little rough. So jet lag there wasn't a problem. I didn't have too much issues. But coming back, I've um, it's, it's about a 12-hour difference coming from Hong Kong. So oh, I'm wow. not – like up at night or waking, you know, I'm not reversed per se, but I, I do fall asleep at my normal time. And I've been waking up at like five in the morning and can't fall back asleep and then taking like a nap in the afternoon. And it's just throwing my schedule <laughs> off. So I'm getting there slowly, but uh, I mean, it's, it's nice, I guess, to get to work early before anyone else, but yeah. I do want right. to kind of get back on my schedule. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's good to be there, but you know, in recruiting, you don't, there's no one to call at seven in the morning. Right. So you're just kind of, getting set up for the day. Exactly, exactly. Well, I know TK missed you. do all your work while you're gone. What's going on, TK? <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Welcome back, Adam. Well, thanks, TK. Oh, thank you, thank I you. I hope uh, you helped so. me down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I made it back just in time. Absolutely. And Miss Parker. <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to hold it down. Miss <laughs> so, Parker, so I'm, I'm on in agreement with you. I'm in agreement with you, Miss Parker, on the allergies. My eyes are on fire right now. Dude, I've never experienced it that bad. You see, my voice had completely changed. This is it's horrible this here for me. I'm like, why? <laughs> Most years I'm like everybody else suffering. I'm just like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. But I'm I am experiencing it very tough this year. And mine normally comes at night for whatever reason. It, it, during the day, mine is at night and early in the morning. Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Wow. Wow. What's going on in the wonderful world of movies? Well, I finally uh, had an opportunity to see Get Hard, uh, which has been out for a couple of weeks now, but it's still number four in the box office. Um, $8.6 million it grossed. It's still a top contender. And for them to say that it's, it was a flop for Kevin Hart, I, I, I don't see it. I, I found the movie to be hilarious. Uh, Will Smith and Kevin Hart together. I, I, I hope they do another movie. Um, they they do have that perfect chemistry where they can pull that off. Get Hard is uh, relatively about uh, businessmen who get uh, charged with fraud, and he's about to be sentenced to time. And he uh, commandeers Kevin Hart's character to basically get him prison ready. So... Kevin Hart is not really hard himself, but he's trying to get paid to teach this gentleman to become hard for prison. So you know how simple Kevin Hart is, and you know how simple Will Fowler is. So you put those two together, and you get this hilarious comedy. Sure, probably. Huh? I don't. I I I still I I have to stress I don't I I think that they may have deemed it a flop for Kevin Hart simply because. It may not have grossed as much as some of his other movies, but this movie has longevity. It's still in the top five, and it's you know eight point six million dollars. Can't sneeze at that. And for it to be sold out, to be sold out the first weekend, and uh, to still be grossing in the millions the second weekend, and still because it's what it's like four weeks now, five weeks now, still in the top five. And it, and it uh, also gave him, even though he's had exposure, but it was exposure to a uh, different demographic as well of Will Ferrell. Yes, yes. So Will Ferrell does give it a different demographic. 
um, which has mm-hmm. been more beneficial for Kevin Hart, I would say, right. as far Kevin, as business yeah, is concerned. Yeah. Um, right. I don't know if it necessarily uh, made him lose any on the African-American side, but definitely mm-hmm. he's growing his brand. He's growing his right. brand. Exactly, exactly. Nice. I, um, I'm i catching up on movies, but I did end up seeing uh, Fast and Furious 7, or I guess they're calling it Fast oh. 7 or Furious 7. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what they're na- naming it this time. Um, it's uh, If you don't know anything about the franchise that's been around forever, it's, you know, a bunch of cars, a bunch of action. Um, it's not a pinnacle of acting or plot. There's a lot of dumb moments in it. Uh, I will say that. I mean, it's 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 a Fast and Furious movie, but it was enjoyable. Um, you know, if you want to turn your brain off and just watch stupid stunts, uh, don't worry about logic and just watch a bunch of action. Uh, you know, the movie runs up the alley. Uh, I like the I like six better, and uh, you know, I didn't think I was gonna like six at all, but I, I actually six was fine. This one, I don't know. I think they. They, I don't know what they were doing, but um, yeah, they definitely lost a little bit of the charm I think the other ones have because you don't have some of the other characters that you're used to in the series. Uh, what did you think about it's, the, it's, the, the the tribute to Paul Walker? How they tributed Paul Walker in the movie? I think it was good because I heard about it. And I was like, oh, I'm sure it's going to be something cheesy or something dumb, um, you know, or over the top. But you know, they did a really good job, uh, you know, and um, it's a good little send off for him. So. Uh, yeah, I actually I was surprised they did a good job. You know, it's it's definitely he was. I mean, that his career was the series. I mean, he did a, he did a few other movies, but really, he was. Right. I mean, he wasn't. You know, those movies kept him in a career, and um, he was kind of a foundation of it. So they did a good job, and you know, not spoiling too much, but they show a few flashbacks from the original movies, and you you forget how young he looks. You know, this movie's 14 years old. I think is when the first one came out. So such a big difference in how he looked, you know, now and how he looked in the first few. And um, it was good. Yeah. So that was, that was definitely a good part. They did a good send off uh, for him. So, and I'm glad they got a chance to do that and everything. Yeah. I actually had a conversation with a few uh, people about that particular movie and they were wondering what is going to happen with the franchise. And they're already in the works of creating another movie. And my suggestion or my thought would be that if they found a way to pass off the franchise to a younger generation to continue it. So maybe like in the next movie, you have some of the veterans also recruit, you know, some new, new blood, so to speak, to carry on the franchise. What do you think about that? Yeah. And I, I I think that's, uh, a good angle. I mean, the movies are making too much money for them not to make another movie. I mean, it's just, it's a powerhouse. Um, right. Number one around the world. No matter what. Yeah. And it's crazy. Um, again, I can't stress and I feel bad for saying it, but I can't stress how dumb the, the, the movie is in a lot of parts, but it keeps your attention. You're along for the ride. So, um, that's what people want to see. So it's, um, it's not going to go anywhere, and I think they will do a good job of kind of slowly weaning, you know, the old crew out and putting the new crew in. And it's it's a good enough movie that they you, in the previous ones they've had a big cast and they've rotated people in and out. And um, at the end of the sixth one, I'm not going to spoil anything because I assume most people have either seen it or don't care to see it. You know, the, one of the characters die at the end of the sixth one, 
and so it's like you know they're kind of they're kind of already doing that whole premise of bringing in a few new people and kind of phasing out some of the old characters. So I think it'll be great. I think Vin Diesel will probably stick around with it. And I hope the rock will stick around with it too. And the new one actually had a couple, you know, had Jason Statham, which is a nice addition. And it had Kurt Russell in it as well. Uh, he wasn't doing any of the action scenes per se, but he was uh, one of the characters that kind of assisted the crew. So um, yeah, I think they, they can keep it going. It's kind of almost like a James Bond in the sense that they're traveling the world also because they go to Abu Dhabi in this one and they go to mm-hmm. a few other locations. So you get to get that side of them doing action things in a different city. Okay. Anything coming up? Um for me, Avengers comes out sooner than I expected, and it's in beginning of May, so that kind of snuck yeah. up on me. I don't even think I've seen a trailer for it yet. That kicks but, off the, um, the summer season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, I'll have to try to watch some trailers and see. But that's that's the closest one upcoming for me. At Fast and Furious, I saw a little mini trailer for Spectre, the new James Bond movie, and that looks pretty exciting as well. I know it's okay. it's not a um a, a theater it's not a theater release but I would encourage people if you're into like uh, Marvel and DC and and you know the whole comic genre the uh, Daredevil series on Netflix is pretty decent I urge people if that's your genre and that's what you like please check that out it's worth a watch yeah I've I've heard on Facebook on all my Facebook posts, people are nonstop talking about this Daredevil show and it's a Netflix original series. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to check it out because it definitely kept my interest. Because when you see so many people talk about it, then you're like, and different people, people you don't normally think would talk about like superhero movies, they're talking about it too. So um, yeah, I'm gonna have to check it out. And the beauty of Netflix is you can watch the whole series, season all at once. Absolutely. All right. Well, guys, thank you as always, um, and have a great week, Adam. Welcome back. And uh, all right, thank you. All right. All right. All right. Miss Ferguson, what's going on with you? Hey, Stephen, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing okay. Um, Miss Parker, are you there? I guess I'm there. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yes, of course I'm here. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, Miss Ferguson. <laughs> I'm good, girl. I'm struggling with this allergies, but I'm good. <laughs> I heard I'm so sorry to hear that. I um yes, wanna thank yes. you guys. I'm sorry, Miss Adam and TK. I didn't wanna interrupt um anything, but I just wanna thank you guys so much um for the card and the gift card. It's it's more than we could have even you know, asked for. Oh so. yeah. yeah. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. We had to get something for Baby Dylan. Yes, <laughs> yes I yeah, love that yeah. name, too. Thank you. Thank you very much. Look, Robbie's looking at me like, we didn't we didn't agree on that name. <laughs> oh, yes, you guys wow. have. <laughs> oh, the name is out there now, so hopefully he won't try to dispute it. He won't try to change at this point. <laughs> but what, so I think it's a great thing for us. I do, I do. Um, so first of all, um, American Eagle Outfitters, um, they're having a sale now through tomorrow. 
and their sales buy one get one free on all I'm sorry, buy one get one fifty percent off on all tees, tanks and shorts. So, um, you know, and their stuff is pretty reasonable sometimes. So you can you know, you may want to try to go on out there and see what you have. Um, Old Navy, which is one of my favorites these days, they're also having a sale now through the 19th. And um, if you shop there through the 19th, you can get 25% off of your off of your purchase. And that's online and in stores. Um, if you're shopping online, you need to use code SUPERSAVE at checkout. Um, here's one that's just in time for prom. ASOS.com, and that's A-S-O-S. Um, I think I talk about them all the time. It's a European store, but I think they also have um, they have warehouses here in the state. But if you know anybody who's still looking for a prom dress, I know it might be a little bit late, but they're having um, a sale on their special occasion wear, and you can get up to 50% off of their special occasion wear um, if you shop there. If you go, you know, just go on and click online now. Um, Express is also having a sale. Um, you can get up to 60% off of select items. Plus, you can take an additional 30% off of clearance items. So that's a great savings for Express because, you know, sometimes they're like limited and they can get a little bit, you know, high in their pricing. Up Nine West is having a sale today only. Um, if you shop there now, you can get uh, select items for only $59.99. Plus, you can get an extra 20% off of their sale items. So that's a really good deal for Nine West because they very rarely, um, you know, they, they do this like I think semi-annually where they will uh, give you an additional percentage off of their sale items. Um, so that's a really good sale to take advantage of. Um, the Gap is having a sale today only as well. Um, if you shop there now, you can get 30% off of regular style, uh, regular price items. And if you're a card member, um, you know, of course, you can use that card at Old Navy, Banana Republic, and The Gap. Um, you can get 40% off of regular priced items if you're a card member. And um, last but not least, um, Victoria's Secret is having a sale. Um, this first sale is now through the 29th. Um, if you shop now through the 29th, you can get $15 off of your $100 purchase, $25 off of your $150 purchase, and $50 off of your $250 purchase. Um, now through the 15th, you can get a free umbrella with any $75 purchase. And now through the 16th, you can get a free pair of panties with any bra purchase. Come on, so that's ladies. All I come through, ladies. I'm sorry? And they can find all that. At, I, said that I said, come through, ladies. <laughs> but they can find all that at uh, budgetshopaholic.com? Yes, they surely can. All right. Well, thank you so much. Have a great week, okay? Thank you so much. All right. I'll talk to you guys later. Right. Bye-bye. Let's talk, before we go to uh, commercial break, somebody, the biggest hot topic is Hillary Clinton announcing her uh, candidacy as president, Democratic uh, nominee. What are your thoughts? You know, you know I'm, I'm, I'm for Hillary. I, um, yeah. I think that it's time that we give a woman a chance, and then I also feel as if, um, you know, I read something online. Let me just start by saying this. I, I was reading people's comments as to, you know, why they thought, yeah, I'll vote for her, now, nah, I won't, or whatever. And a lot of black people kept saying, what has she ever done with the black community? When was the last time she came to the black community? When was the last time she ever came to the black community? Like, right. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I don't mind you having an argument because I'm all 
Hi, thanks so much for having me. Thank you for being on. I think this is so interesting. You know, every, everywhere we go, people are saying we're too connected to our phones, too connected to our phones. What was it that made you decide that this is what you and your family are going to do? Well, we were living in Silicon Valley at the time in California, so everyone there is very immersed in technology, um, uh-huh. and we were no exception. And one time, it really started with the television, but one time my daughter was sick. She was home from school. She was five at the time, and she was home for almost a week. And as a you know stay-at-home mom, I had dishes to do and laundry to put away and email to get to and things like that. So when she asked if she could watch TV, I was like, sure, of course. So I put her in front of the TV, and it was 9 in the morning. Next thing I knew, it was 6 o'clock at night. Kind of went that way for the whole week. And at the end of the week, I started feeling really guilty. I was like, oh, my gosh, I think a lot of moms with young kids, we we tend to use TV as a babysitter sometimes. But Uh I just, Uh you know, started realizing how much it was just so easy to depend on the TV. So my husband and I had a heart-to-heart and said, you know, let's try to cut back on the television and really claim our family time together. And then we said, what other things are taken away from our quality time? And when we really sat down and looked at it, it was all of our technology. It was our Internet, our email, our cell phones, our cameras, everything was really taking time away from our family. So we decided to give it a try without it and see what happens. So what were the first steps? What were were your first steps to doing this? I know it's going to be, if anyone's listening to Turn off everything. It's going to be like traumatizing. Yeah. What was the first step that you've ever Yeah, I definitely wouldn't recommend that. It, it, going cold <laughs> turkey is not a good way to go, for sure. And, and we didn't do that either. <laughs> we um, yeah. we really went into it with a lot of thought and planning and, um, you know, discussions. And the way that we, we decided to do it was we listed all of our technologies. There ended up being 13 different devices that we really were addicted to. And we wow. decided we were we were starting. I know we were starting with um, it used to be called uh, TV Free Week, and now it's called Screen Free Week, which is in May this year. But we started it during that week, the TV Free Week, and we started with the television. So we literally yeah. took the TV, and at that time it was in 2009. We didn't have the flat screen TV. You know, we had to lug this huge, like heavy TV into the garage. And we turned off our, our cable, and, and that's how we started. And then every day from there through the next 13 days, we gave up an additional technology. So we, you know, gradually weaned ourselves off of it. Wow. And, and you, you mentioned you have a daughter. How does she react to all this? Well, she was five at the time, so she didn't have a whole lot of say in the matter, and that didn't make <laughs> her very happy. <laughs> so wow, she cool. was she, – yeah, she was a huge, like, Disney television, Hannah Montana. So she was, you know, so upset to not have her TV shows. I mean, she pretty much threw a tantrum from day one to day 364. <laughs> she she held in there and, and really protested a lot. But as you'll see in, in my book, that um, there were a lot of moments throughout the year where she it was she really grew and um yeah. in a lot of different ways. So it was really positive in the end. What would you say, you know, from the family perspective was the the most difficult thing to give up? Um, you know, luckily for me she was only five. Now she's actually uh-huh. eleven and so I think for parents who have older kids it's gonna be much more challenging. 
to, you know, try to do what we did and, and try to get their kids off social media and off their cell phones right. and television yeah. like that. So it's definitely more difficult with older kids. But having said that, those are the kids that need it the most because yeah. my daughter, you know, she was only five and we, she was only watching television. But at the same time, it's not just, you know, TV. It's also the advertising that they're, you know, mm-hmm. they watch mm-hmm. through TV. Even even when we think we have it, you know, where we can fast forward the commercials, there there are ways for advertisers to get through to our kids through all of these outlets right. and maybe not send the most positive messages that we want them to be receiving. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting because I remember one time I had a few friends over here of my home, and I was thinking, Everyone's on their cell phone. No one's paying attention to anybody. <laughs> so what was what was yeah. the greatest takeaway you took away from this whole experience? You, well, your family took away from the experience. Well, you know, I mean, it was an interesting year. There was so much that happened throughout the year. Um, uh, I think that the relationships were, it was really interesting because some of them got better because we okay. were more in tune with our, our friends and family. We had more time for them. But some of them got worse because people didn't want to be bothered trying to reach us. We weren't um, we weren't readily accessible because we didn't have our cell phones. We, didn't, we weren't on text. We weren't on email. So uh-huh. the only way people could reach us was calling us at home. And so, you know, people weren't too happy about that. So that was really interesting. Yeah. So I think that... For people who do want to kind of try this and maybe limit their cell phone usage or their Internet, then I think you really need to be sure to tell your friends, hey, you know, I'm doing this because it's important to me and give me a break, you know, if I don't get back to you right away. Because people, they're they're used to being able to reach you right away. And when they're not able to reach you, you know, it can cause problems. And then uh, I think, yeah, and I think it was funny because today on the talk, um, on CBS, I was listening to that today, and they did this little segment on missing moments, how people miss moments because they're so, you know, have their face in their cell phones, and there's things uh-huh. happening all around you, and you you miss out on all that when you're on your technology. And so I think for us, one of the best things about the year was that we had so many memorable moments because we weren't on technology, and we were interacting, you know, with our family and our friends and right. trying all kinds of new things and going new places. So it really it really is worthwhile to put down your technology and, and live in the moment. Exactly. So how have you all been able to, obviously you're not going a year without technology, but have you implemented <laughs> some of the things that you all did then, and is that part of your everyday life or, or something you practice here and there? Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway that that we got and that I hope people get out of reading my book, A Year Unplugged, is that, you know, we really need to just um, put our technology aside when we can. Right now, what we do, we are on technology, but we're just more aware of our use of technology and how much time it takes away from from Mm -hmm. other things that we might rather do. Um, Mm -hmm. For example, before before we unplugged, our evenings were spent with, I was on one end of the couch on my laptop on Facebook. My husband was on the other end of the couch on his laptop on his email. Right. My daughter yeah. my daughter would be sitting in the middle watching TV, you know, all these things going on at the same time. Now we're just more aware of it. It's like, oh, okay, let's, oh, let's, let's put the laptops away and let's really kind of spend time with each other. So 
I hope that people can just bring an awareness to their use of it because we didn't think anything of it. We thought, oh, this is perfectly great, no problem. Uh-huh. But once you kind of but, pull back just even a little bit, you, you'd be surprised how much more rich your life can be. I can imagine. I can imagine. I always say, you know, I was watching something yesterday and talked about turning your cell phone off at a certain time. I'm thinking, can I really do that? <laughs> you know, I think people are addicted to their It's to their, not uh, easy. Technology. Yeah. It's not. Not at all. It's not, not. It's not. I mean, and and that's the one thing, like, when we first talked about this, we we tried to get rid of our television, and we are like, yeah, we're just going to watch it two hours a day, or we're only <laughs> going to watch it during the week, you know, or right. and we tried to set limits, and we couldn't. I mean, literally, if it's there, you want to turn it on. But I'm living proof, and you just have to believe that it is worth it. Like, it's hard to know what the benefits are if you haven't been through it. But having been through, like, living without it, it's so worth it to just take a break every once in a while. Did that answer your question? The book is called A Year Unplugged, and it's by Cheryl Colbert. Thank you so much, Cheryl, for being on the show. Had a brief technical difficulty. Check out the book. We'll be right back after this for our conversation with the men. Talk about what men really want for women when it comes to relationships. Right back after this. Visit the website, finallynewhope.com. That's finallynewhope.com. All right, people, listen up. If you are within the sound of my voice and are tired of your high cell phone bill, then there is new hope for you. Finally, newhope.com. It's a fantastic service. For only $49 per month, you get unlimited text, talk, data, over a 4G network. Not only that, but at finallynewhope.com, you could possibly get your cell phone bill paid for every month by just telling other people about the service. That's finallynewhope.com, where you can get unlimited text, talk, data, over a 4G network for only $49 a month or less. Check out the website today, finally, newhope.com. Welcome back to the show. Cheryl Colbert, you on the line? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, I apologize. Hello? I got kicked off the studio line. Can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I apologize. Before we end the segment, tell everyone where they can put their hand, get their hands on this book. I think it's a great thing that people, especially families, need to implement just so they can spend that quality time. Where can they pick up the book? Um, you can go to www.ayearunplugged.com, and it's available in paperback, Kindle, Nook, iPad, for those of you who still want to get on your technology. <laughs> <laughs> Can't give it up. <laughs> well, listen, thank you so much, and uh, thank you for sharing this story, and I wish you all the best with the book. <laughs> of course. Thank you so much for having me. All right. You have a good one. You too. All right. So now that people were interested in this next conversation, a few years ago we welcomed a guest panel of men to help us answer the age-old question, what do men really want to women when it comes to relationships? Uh, this week we have welcomed a panel. Well, this week we have the men, but next week we welcome a panel of ladies to weigh in from their perspective. But tonight it's all about the men. Let me start by introducing our, our guest panel. We have Marcel Middleton, co-founder and CEO of the True Blood Business uh, Concierge. 
Then we have, oh, which is a socialized, sorry, and uh, socialized in brand management and marketing solutions. Then we have Vishal Mangray, business professional, single father of two. Then William A. Foster, fan of the show, managing director of RRU, editor-in-chief of HBCU Money, executive director of HBCU Endowment Foundation. And finally, we welcome back talented singer-songwriter Kato Reed. Welcome to the show, fellas. Hello. Hello. Hello, hello. So we just heard from our show, Coburg. Could you go a year without technology? I, you know, it was funny. I'm I'm listening to the show and on my phone at the same time, multitasking. I was like, <laughs> the moment she said that, I was like, there's no way in the world. It's, but, but it's, it's, it's funny, though. I, I have thought about trying to turn off my stuff at least one day a week and just can't do it. I can't do it. I, can't, it, it, I mean, what is it? There's something about it. And I think part of it has to do with, just that, you know, because now we're in a society where it's all about text messages and social media, so you feel like if you turn that off, you're disconnected. You know what I mean? Do you feel that way? <laughs> feel like we're scared we're going to miss something. Feel like we're scared we're going to miss something. Exactly. exactly. Well, let's get into a conversation. We had this, this conversation a couple years ago, and, I mean, the chat room was going crazy. The women couldn't wait to come on the following week to kind of <laughs> counter what the, uh, the men had to say. So I'm going to start uh, – Since we have four people here, I'm going to start off by introducing everyone, but asking them questions specifically. So I'll ask you, Michelle, what do you think men want for women when it comes to relationships? I mean, you know, the way I look at it, it's just all about the trust and the, the, you know, the affection that's there between the two of them, you know? I mean, that's Mm -hmm. just the way it is. You know, it's all about, it's all about, you know, having that open relationship thing, you know, you know, not hiding anything, not being into it. It's not even about the sex or anything like that, you know, it's just being straight up open about it. Okay. Martha? Hello? You hear me? Yeah. Yeah, we are you? Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. Yes. Um, I guess I have to agree with the first brother. I do think that it's um, open transparency and honesty um, that they want. I think um, many of us brothers are kind of detached emotionally because as you grow up, we're not taught to be um, sharers of how we're feeling or emotions. Even though we are human and we have them, uh, we kind of have a void in communication as it pertains to uh, getting those feelings out and not feeling like we're too vulnerable and losing position in the relationship. Uh, but I think security would be the number one thing that the sister uh, would be looking for, something that's stable, and more importantly, something that's hers and hers alone. All right. Kato? Um, well, I feel like women should learn that we are learning as we all grow, and we, as men, we are trying to learn how to lead women. And if we don't have an example sometimes, we're kind of misled, and we're trying to learn as we go. But the thing is, society has created the situation now where everyone, you know, especially females, are attention seekers. And it's like all we want to get back to that whole center of the trust thing, but it's hard to trust in the society that we're in because so many people, I would say people in general, they want attention. And, you know, you put a picture up every mm-hmm. 20 minutes now on Instagram and oh, Facebook, yeah. and then it goes out to Twitter, and it's like, Men men are watching that when we see women do that. We might be interested in the female, but it's like 
how can we be interested when you just got 400 likes in 20 minutes and then you're actually trying to respond to all these comments to say thank you and appreciate it or thank you for saying I'm fine and thank you for this and that and I'm not going to be long with about it. But I think we just need to get back to the basic things of not being such attention seekers, not letting social media mm-hmm. really rip, it's really ripping us apart and having that distrust for one another. Yeah. What about you, Will? Um, I, I, you know, it's always a case by case basis. I think, you know, it's it's hard to say what women want as a whole without, you know. I think there's always the stability thing that most women want. I think there's the trust factor, um, but I think also as men we have to recognize that each woman is very different and she has very different needs. Um, I mean, you know, all women want to be appreciated uh, for whatever they're bringing. But I think like all of us, we have different upbringings, like the brother said. We're coming from different backgrounds. So, you know, a lot of what you're looking for in terms of what a woman needs or wants, if if I've learned nothing else over these decades, women will tell you what they want. I mean, if you just listen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of times we probably are not real good at that, to be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. We get caught up in our own issues. Um, and that's a two-way street, but I think, you know, it, it's such a case-by-case basis because you don't know the woman's backstory, um, and you really mm-hmm. aren't going to know what she needs until you know her backstory. That's true. So we talked about social media and how it has, I mean, to me it's, it's impacted relationships negatively and positively. What, what are your thoughts on social media and how it comes into play, like, with relationships? I know, Kelly, you spoke about, you know, People getting posting selfies every five minutes, getting five hundred likes, and and to you that's a turn off. You, you would say that's a turn off for you. Yeah, I would say that's a turn off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And why so? Um, it's, it's only a turn off when you see a woman constantly doing it, but it's also a turn off when she's constantly having to comment. You know, like yeah, okay, it's fine. We know that you're beautiful. You know, but we don't. No one knows your insides. No one knows who right. you are just because you put on your makeup, Photoshop your picture, and throw it on a social media. You know, like it, it's it's more so like you got you got that certain guy who's gonna look at this, and he might not comment, and he might not even like the picture, but he think you're beautiful. He thinks you're beautiful, but he's looking like if I ever saw her out in the street, would I even speak to her? Because I just sit here and filled my head up with, oh, she's egotistical, she's self-centered. I put all these thoughts in my head now, and if I see her out in the streets, I'm like, oh, forget her. So that, social media just created this boundary between the two, you know. Um, you mm-hmm. just pre, you're pretty much prejudging. You don't know the person, in, you know, inside. But yeah. You're just seeing what they're presenting to social media, and all women don't do that, but the ones that, that do, the attention seekers, it's like they don't realize that they're actually hurting themselves, and I just want them to know that because they probably okay. don't know that because they're getting so many likes from, you know, the social right. media. Right. Anybody want to piggyback? Well, um, um, Marcel, um, if I may, I just think that social media is, is, is often, as people like to think that it brings you closer to one another, it's really created right. the divide because it, it was a time where you would – have to really talk face to face or get on the phone and talk or page and have to wait. There was no uh, there was no sense of immediacy uh, in during the um, back in the day. And I think versus mm-hmm. people talking to one another, they talk to their fan base. 
and um, and they don't share as, as intimately as, as they could because they have a thousand or more people that they can vent to versus holding it in and having a true opportunity to to think it over before they speak out loud, you know. Right. And then you find that people mm-hmm. run right to their phone or right to Facebook or right to Twitter. And, and this is male and female, and they're um, so apt to share their emotion online, and you can't get that back. You know, so not everybody's yeah. in their business. You know, that it might have just used to be Keisha who's doing your hair. Now it's actually everybody that's in, that went to high school with you that knows your business. And it makes it very difficult to nurture a relationship when you have so much outside energy, energy um, in, in it, you know. So it's detrimental to a yeah. healthy relationship in many regards. I know just like that we're in a society that we overshare now. It's like every thought has to be. I'll put online every uh, everything we're doing, you know. I remember I used to always like um, log in when I was somewhere, check in on Facebook when I was somewhere. And one day I was with my friend, said, "Why do you do that all the time? <laughs> you know, why do you want everybody to know what you're doing?" And I didn't think about it. Some I was just doing it because I thought it was cool, but it was kind of like that is true. <laughs> why well, do I want everybody to know what I'm doing? Do you feel that? I know we said about the selfies um, and you know that that desire to. To, to get the likes, to get the attention, but do you feel like people that overshare online? That is that a turn? Would you consider that a turn off from a woman? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I, and and that might be my own personality where I'm a much more private person. Um, but you know, when you see people, you know, their relation. I mean, like no one will ever be on my Facebook and know if I'm in a relationship. Um, because I don't feel like my relationship, my relationship is a real life entity. It's not exactly. a you know digital entity, um, and so I don't you know I might put something on there and I might be vague you know and I might be talking about her, but like I see people post I'm mad at him or I'm mad at her, and, and <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, why do I want to know that? I don't want to know right. that, you know. Right, yeah. Put up a picture of your dog. I, I mean, just don't. I, I don't. I don't know why we've gotten to this point where I think. And I, you know what? I honestly think it's our generation's expression of the reality show. Like we all came of age mm-hmm. in a reality show, and social mm-hmm. media has become everybody's reality show. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, you know, I, I totally agree with what everybody else is saying, you know. I mean, if you look at everything as far as the way lifestyle is today, you know, everything is put on social media. And um, it's just the simple fact of, you know, you you see a picture of, you know, a beautiful lady or whatever the case is. And, again, like one of the guys said uh, just a few minutes ago, um, they're going to think that, that lady's going to be, you know, she's beautiful, whatever the case is. But deep down, you know, you don't know what that person's about or whatever the case is. You could just uh-huh. see a picture and say, oh, you know, she's beautiful, whatever it is. And, you you know, the saying goes, you don't judge a book by its cover. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, yeah. And yeah. it's, well, you know, yeah. it, it, it just, you got to go back to, again, the, the old lifestyle ways, you know, getting out there, meeting that particular person, talking things out, you know trying to get to know that person rather than just doing everything off of social media nowadays, you know? I mean, I think right. social media is just a waste of time. And don't get me wrong, you know, I'm pretty sure, you know, we've all done it before. We're all addicted right. to it. Right, right. You know? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's just the way it is. Yeah. 
then I would really be judging myself at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it, no matter what society says, you know, we, we all have to have a level of uh, integrity, you know, with ourselves. Now, if yeah. I'm open, if I'm down yeah. with it, I'm down with it. But if I'm not, I can't, I don't believe in the two-way street type. I mean, you know, I believe it, it is a two-way street. And I think it's kind of difficult right. to say, oh, she is more promiscuous than I am, you know, because I do think that, that oftentimes that women have been taught to give their mind and their spirit away and hold on to their physical. So they'd rather be mentally and physically drugged through and hold on to their physical self, and they suppress that, you know. But then again, brothers would get their physical way and, mm-hmm. you know, or, or and, and not, you know, and have no emotional tie to it. So I think it's just an imbalance, you know. But if you feel an assistant and, and vice versa, uh, you just never know where it may lead. But I wouldn't necessarily consider her uh, trash or uh, some level of a horror, if I may, on radio. I'm not sure. I apologize not. But I wouldn't kind of classify her as that because that really speaks to what I'm after. You know, right. and I think all too often we kind of giving them a bad name and saying, oh, man, she's a freak because she slept with me on the first night. But then really what, what does that put me? Because if I'm out there hunting like that, you know, Right. And right. what does that make? And that's not the knock on it because I think we've all may have encountered those those types of things. I'm not trying to speak, you know, to sound um, higher than, but I'm just thinking as, right. as I become a mature man, I just think that there's a responsibility on both parties and equally uh, diseases spread on both from both ends. And, you know, babies yeah. are both people's responsibility. No longer can it just right. be looked at, oh, she should have the final decision when it comes to that, you know, or, or bear the burden or the scarlet letter, per se. Mm-hmm. Do you think, though, do you think that, it, uh, depending on what the sexual act is, like, you know, some people, if she's going all in on someone that you know, she doesn't really know that well, <laughs> what that, you know, because, you know, there's certain things like, okay, well, yeah, we did that. But you're doing all that. Do you think that? Yeah. <laughs> You get down like that, though. Right. <laughs> I mean, it raised the flag. I, I'll be honest, that'll raise the flag, you know. I mean. <laughs> Everything in the book, man.
portion of a relationship comes in the understanding that we have each other's back. Because if I get on, if I get laid off, and she's still making more money, I I wouldn't want it to be um, something embedded in my consciousness, in my subconsciousness that oh uh, damn I'm less than. Because inevitably, even if I don't take it out on her, um, will you know uh, intentionally. I kind of will because I'm going to shut down. You know, I'm not going to talk to her as much. We're going to, you know, because I'm embarrassed to some level of not being able to provide, you know. So if okay. she's there to to help and assist, not to be too long-winded, if she's there to help and assist and we both got each other's back, I think we kind of got to get past whether or not they're going to make more money, you know, than each other. Cause okay. At, at any point, one of us can win or lose. Right. All right. All right. Yeah, that's um, the great. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> no, that that's a tough one because I think you know part of the reality now, and and certainly you know I don't know what everybody is, but like in the African American community, finances are such a they seem to be such a point of contention. Um, and I think you know naturally women want. I've always found that most of the women I encounter. Even if they're very educated, they I always say women don't want to marry down. Women want to marry their equal or greater, and men will do the opposite. And so I think women are still adjusting to the reality that some mm-hmm. of them are going to inevitably be the breadwinner. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's this dance going on where both parties are trying to figure out, okay, so does my role change? Am I still, you yeah. know, what do I do now? And so I think that's a tough, that's, that's one of those conversations that we don't have, you know, what is right. your feeling about mm-hmm. money? And and so right. I think it just leaves us in a funny place most of the time. Yeah, that's right. Because, like, the question is, would that impact, if, say, if the woman is the breadwinner, would that in, impact who is, quote, unquote, head of household? Would the man still be mm-hmm. house, at a household or would the woman? You, you, you know, because some people will throw that in your uh. face. Some women will throw that in face. I make some money. You know what I mean? So yeah. what are your thoughts? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you know, if I can, you know, elaborate on that a little bit. I mean, I, you know, I agree with all you guys, you know, but I really think it's it's more of a just of a mutual understanding uh, when it comes to those type of things. And really and truly it, that when it, you know, when that's involved in a relationship, you know, that that happens as far, you know, that stays in that household, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it just you and you got to have that mutual understanding because I mean, in the long run, hey, your wife or your girl could be making all the money in the world, and you could be one of the laziest bums ever. But you're at home and you're still helping, do whatever you can around the house or whatever the case is, or even vice versa. You know, so you know it's all about having that mutual understanding in that. Yeah. Okay. What I what I see now what I see now I see women now saying a lot about. You know, I have my own money, I have my own house, I have my own car, but what I'm missing is a guy just to be simply loyal to me and know that, you know, I have my own, but I just need somebody to be there for me and understand it. And then I think as the men, of course we always going to want to be the head. Of course we can we can still do that, but that's out, that's outside of a financial conversation as well. You know, being ahead is where, which way are we going to go no matter who has the, the most money. But which way are we going to go with the decision to buy a house? What kind of house? How much is it going to be? What kind of car? You know, financially, we still can uh, all move, together, move, move together. <laughs> and I think by by her knowing that she can be led by you, she's going to trust, mm-hmm. even if she has the most money, that you can lead 
us into the future, and we're going to save money, invest money, and put the money where it needs to go. You know, mm-hmm. so it really wouldn't matter. It really wouldn't matter to her with the with the proper female. Who knows how things are going nowadays? Because things have flipped out since the fifties and the sixties and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. Okay. And now, what about too, uh, if I may? Okay. Okay. I think too, if I may, like when you're dealing, you know, like in in my my line of business, um, well, just in in general, I think oftentimes, especially when it comes to the um, education um, component of of life. Is that when you got a, you got two people that go to school, both of them are going, excuse me, go to school, and they both uh, male and female finish the PhD program. When she gets out, she's looking for a brother with a PhD program. Both of them have kind of you know sacrificed their social, um, the social you know uh, level to a certain extent. When she you know so when she gets out, she's looking for a, a doctor who, you know her equal, like you said earlier. When he gets out, he's not looking for an equal. He's looking for a model. He's looking for something that he couldn't. Obtained during the time where he was hitting the books, and vice versa for her. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's very difficult. You know, it's kind of hard to have that conversation with when society has it built to where everybody thinks that, like you said, they have to marry up. Whereas there is a guy, you know, a guy can pull up on a girl at the bus stop in the Bentley and take her and the kids somewhere. You know, and and fall in love with her. Mm-hmm. But a sister might mm-hmm. not, you know, give that guy who who can truly. One of the other brothers mentioned that. Who is truly can love her and be loyal to her and give her everything else that she needs in life, you know, what I'm saying? outside of finances, of course. But you know, but will he get looked at on, on that level because he might not be mm-hmm. in the same field, you know, or what her ideal, uh, what everyone around her shaped her ideal uh, suitor would be, you know. We, mm-hmm. on the other hand, have never been raised to have an ideal suitor. You know, sisters have been said, hey, in order to get this, you have to do this, and you can marry this type of guy so he can take you into the, you know, the next level versus a married guy right. that can wholly love her wholly, you know, even though he's not financially her equal. Do you still think that the good good guy finishes last? I'm sorry? you still think good the good guy finishes last? They always say the good guy finishes last. You know, women are attracted to... Money, power. He's a good guy. Well, I don't know yeah. that. I, I don't know that the good guy has to be. You know, a, a guy can have money and power. I mean, you know, if he has humility, though, um, mm-hmm. I think it mm-hmm. all depends on how we're defining who that good guy is. Um, mm-hmm. And okay. and I think even sometimes one of the problems, I guess, is you always got to ask yourself, how was she raised, and who was she raised yeah. by. Um, right, I've, yeah. I have found it difficult <laughs> to have, you know, dating a woman who may not have had a strong man in her life. Um, and so she was raised around women who were used to leading. And so I found myself in constant power struggles with them. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, so, mm-hmm. you know, she might be a good woman. She's just not going to be good for me. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, okay. so, you know, when you're talking about are you a good guy, some of that is going to revolve around, you know, like I said earlier, what are her needs? Because I might not be able to feel that need for her, so I might be a bad guy for her. Um, but if we're talking, okay. you know, now we're talking about in that context of the bad boy, do they like that excitement? Yeah. You know, listen, I, I don't. I've never met a woman who likes to be bored. However, she wants to stop, you know, define <laughs> right. that, right? So right. you know, if that means you got to bring her roses every Friday to just you know keep that or pick her up in the middle of the day and just take her somewhere. You know, we don't like boredom. 
Um, and so, you know, I don't think it's a good guy, bad guy thing. I think it's, you know, are you doing things that keep her letting her know that you are still interested? Because we, right. we can get complacent right. as dudes sometimes, you know. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that's real. And I, and I think, too, I think what we, what we uh, haven't discussed, you know, and maybe you're probably getting to it, is that we're, we're all are looking for something so certain that we are missing the spiritual element that goes along with uh, having the long relationship of any of any uh, nature, you know, like exactly. if, you find, if you find it yourself, I think it's going to be a lot easier, um, good guy or bad guy, to find something compatible, you know, because, you know, if we're out here looking for this ideal uh, prototype of what, what we all desire to have, if we knew, I believe if we knew what we want, or, I mean, excuse me, what we needed in life, we'd already have it. If we had the power right. to control yeah. exactly what it is, we would have, in the first grade, when we really knew what love was without all the ex, you know, external factors, we really loved that girl, you know, you know, even though we pushed her off the slide or she pushed us off the slide or whatever, you know, <laughs> we, would have married her, we would have married our first love. I think we got yeah. so far away from the spiritual uh, component or element in life that we haven't found ourselves enough to love ourselves enough. Because if, if you go on that journey, all those things are kind of, Flow back to you in a sense, like they said, you put out positive energy, positive energy follows back to you. Exactly. You know? And I exactly. think the sister, no matter what her upbringing is, she she can be she can learn to be loved by the right man if mm-hmm. she finds herself doing a little bit more soul searching than going searching. And I'm not saying that from a gold different perspective, but even guys on right. the superficial level, where we're saying she has to look like this and talk like that and walk like that, you know, if it's, everything is on the surface. We're never really going to truly find, you know, an equal because we haven't understood what our sum, the sum of who we are is. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Somebody want to take it back? Um, um, I, I mean, I feel like. I, I, go ahead, man. Go ahead. No, you guys go ahead. Um, I feel like you know, a, a man that's being convicted and a man is balanced with that conviction. As far as he might have been wild at 20, you know, and at some point he matured to realize, like, I know that my wild side, I had a spontaneous side. Of course, you can bring that into a relationship, but you also have that maturity enough to know that, um, your, you know, your experiences can can tell her, like, I've been there, I've done that, I've sown wild mm-hmm. oats. You know, you don't have to worry about me getting with you and then being tempted by every, you know, nice behind or pretty face that mm-hmm. walks by us when I walk mm-hmm. with you because, mm-hmm. Because yeah. of that's who I used to be, and because mm-hmm. I went around and around in that circle, you know, I've done it and been there, done that. Now I know what I want. Now I don't have to worry about the temptations that come with every female that looks at me while I'm with you. You know, that's a man that's convicted, and that's a man that's balanced now. And he can bring those spontaneous things into that relationship and those and some of those wild things, too. Because, like you said, women love, yeah. you know. you know. So, 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 you know, it's just all about a man being convicted but you know he's balanced with that conviction as well. Right on. Okay. Michelle? I totally agree with that, all the guys, man. I mean, I've been I've been through situation um, like that, and you know everything. You know, the way I look at it nowadays, everything happens for a reason. You know, mm-hmm. um, regardless of what the situation is, what what the problem is. But, you yeah. know, at the end of the day, you know, hey, as a, as a man, even as a woman, you know, 
they know what they did, they know what happens, and, you know, they have to live with whatever the situation is, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. That's, 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 that's just a plain and simple. And then you have, you know, but you, you got you got the ones out there, you know, you got the guys that are out there, even the women that are out there that they go around and, you know, oh, I didn't do this in the relationship or the women, you know, I didn't do that in the relationship or he didn't do, you know, vice versa, either way. And you get nowhere with that. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah. you know, important. you just got to... Well, and let me touch on this one thing, and it's something that kind of goes back to do the good guys finish last. I, You know, I think something we have to kind of acknowledge is something in a woman's nature sees potential, and she believes she can bring that man to a place. Um, and I think that's historically been where the good guys finish last because sometimes, you know, if you have too many broken women, you get these women who won't believe they can fix men. Um, and, and the pool of men has changed, you know, from a generation ago. Um, the women are outpacing us in education and in employment and all these things. So, you know, now we're asking them to, you know, find some uh, old car and try to make it right, you know. And so, yeah, right. they are gravitating toward um, – I think they are to some degree gravitating towards men that they hope they can get right. Um, and I think that's mm-hmm. still a lot of where that comes from. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Well, listen, guys, we got a great call, but what I want to do before we do so, I want to go around to each, each person on the panel and introduce yourself and tell us. Some of you have businesses or whatnot. Tell us a little bit about your business and where they can keep up with you, where people can find more about what you have going on. Um, we'll go from there. So let's start with you, Will. Well, I'm William. Um, I'm the editor-in-chief at HBCU Money, uh, and I also receive the HBCU Endowment Foundation. Um, you can always find us at hbcumoney.com. You can find out stuff about the foundation at hbcuendowment.org. All right. Cato Reed? All right. Um, Cato Reed. I'm an R&B singer. Um, you can find me on any social media at uh, K-A-Y-T-O-R-E-D. It's Cato Reed. All right. Marcel? No. Uh, yes, uh, my name is Marcel Middleton. I am the CEO, um, co-founder of True Blood Business Concierge. Um, basically, I do social media consultancy, online PR, as well as uh, traditional PR and, um, and public relations. And, uh, product placement. And, uh, basically, I put people with people. Uh, you can find my information out at trueblood.com. That's T-R-U-B as in boy, L-U-D as in David.com. And um, my online name is Grinded. So you find it. All right. And Michelle? Uh Shaw Mangray. I uh, currently work right now for a uh um Academy Sports and Outdoors, a brand new company that just came into the Florida market. So I'm currently a uh supervisor in charge of the shipping and receiving for the store and obviously a single father with two kids, so All right. Ladies and gentlemen, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedules and helping these women. Hopefully they listen tonight and learn something. Next week the women will come back and kind of counter or kind of give their perspective. But I definitely appreciate it. I think it's a great conversation. It's something that we all have to have. You know, or we'll see one more people just single and alone. <laughs> but thanks again, and you have a great, a great night, okay? All right. Thank, thank you, Matt. Thank you. Again, thanks to our guests tonight, and we'll be right back after this. Joyous Gospel, expressed in song. 
Singer-songwriter Gwendolyn M. Smith shares her inspiration in Faithful, a powerful album of praise and worship of the Lord. Contemporary Christian music, proclaiming the love of Jesus Christ. Faithful by Gwendolyn M. Smith. Available now. Visit GwendolynMSmith.com. Order today. Welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. Uh, we're going to go on the playlist. We only have a few songs to play tonight due to running over, but definitely thought it was a great conversation, something we all have to have that conversation, especially amongst men. You know, get down to what's really going on, and hopefully we can all learn from it. Like I said, next week the women will be on to tell their perspectives. But uh, check out Stephen's playlist. Back in a minute.
you want the crowd rocking I'm like, uh, let's do it, say you brave work, well, it's my life, so, uh, let's do it, I don't make excuses, all I do is I just get to and it. they gon' have my back, my conscience keep asking that, people hit me up, I'm glad, is it only because I rap, people hating on me and mad, thinking that's gon' make me sad, did y'all forget that I'm best son, did y'all forget that I'm best son, I keep hearing those voices saying that you bad, this your year, outside voices trying to get to me, but I won't let them near, I determine my own fate, my own destiny, my future day, my whole family looking at me like that son, and look, you the one, and I get it done, call on me when you need a verse, love and peace, I wouldn't hurt a fly, ride the beat and it ride and hurt, I'm super dope, bad to the bone, little homie, look, it don't get no worse, all my rhymes is riding clean, cause I no longer curse, vocab extensive, every bar is comprehensive, got sex with sex of rhyme books, my crown I won't relent with, Hands up, hands up, hands up. 